Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke, your Wolf. What's up, Wolf? What's going on, Luke, man? I am ready. I am jacked up. I have no idea why I feel so ready to broadcast, but I do. No, no, you're not. You're not ready. I'm ready. Oh, you're ready? What do you mean? I woke up two hours early (laughs) intentionally, worked out. Got here early, Okay, ate an actual breakfast instead of like something I found laying on the floor in the break room <laughs> like I usually do, and now I fully expect to crash by like 11.30 during the show. Okay, why is this? What, because, what is going on right now? Because well, you have free time? Your schedule has changed with the Coyotes, of course? They don't play any games this week, right? Uh, so so right. I'm not getting home at 1 in the morning, so I was like, let's try something new. This is kind of like, let's just try this, see where it goes. Okay. If it works, I'll do it more after I was just going to say, are we yeah. going to see this right here? You might you're, see you're this. are going to be getting up early. we got to see how like the noon hour goes. Like If if during Wolfing Down Your Lunch, Maloney's like, firing out great questions, and I'm just like, leave me alone, yes. then I might not keep doing it. You know the the great irony, of course. I, I was, I I am a night person. I'm yeah, a night owl. Me too. That's what I am. Yeah, right 100%. I, I really am. And for how many years I actually worked a morning show, that was brutal. Yeah, <laughs> that combination <laughs> right there was really really bad. <laughs> But I still, I still, I'm in the habit of just getting up early, man. You got to do it. Get up early, do your work, do what you got to do, and then roll. See, I try, but I'm also in the habit of going to bed after midnight. And so when you're like, oh, I'm going to get up at 6 today, I'm going to get up at 5.30. We'll and see. you worked out, too. That's awesome. I mean, it wasn't like a... Well, know, come on. It wasn't like an NFL you went workout. For a walk. Okay, you walked I walked out from there, my car up these stairs the to the studio. little dog, too. <laughs> All the way up the stairs by myself. Didn't okay. take the elevator. All right, you want to talk some bad Basketball. Maybe this is oh, why man. I felt motivated to just get up and, and get going because I watched Mikel Bridges eviscerate the Toronto Raptors last night. Okay. Um, first of all, yeah. Yeah. I like that. What is it now? Six and one in their last seven games? Six and one since Cam Johnson came back. And yes, before you ask, Cam Johnson did play last night. Cam Johnson. <laughs> We're going to get into Cam Johnson and the fact that he did play. And boy, have I, I've suffered games just like Cam Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm not going to be throwing any mud. I'm not either. He'll shoot his way out of it. That's exactly right. Cam Johnson did not play very well last night. Had a tough night. Was out there competing. Tried as hard as he possibly could. And things did not go. Well, boy, I have a stack of games <laughs> that I could actually line up in my own career that went just like that. That's what, when you're a shooter, you're going to have the, the, an occasional night like that, okay? <laughs> but I like that he kept when you're shooting. you're a wedge buster, you're going to have games <laughs> like that. True. That's you fair. ran down the field as fast as you possibly could, and you forgot to actually hit the other guy instead of looking at the guy you were. Yes, you, you, you can mess up a wedge bust. Let alone not being able to hit a three. What is a Thank you to all wedge busters out there. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, wedge, wedge busters. You're, you're welcome, bro. What does a messed up wedge bust look like? It's just a stronger wedge than ever? No, you're on the ground. You're <laughs> on the ground, and the, the trainer's over you going, Wolf, are you okay? Well, how many fingers, Wolf? Yeah, that happened many times. Most anything you do in life, if you end up on the ground with people asking you if you're okay, you've messed it up, <laughs> no matter what it is. <laughs> like, if we end the show and I'm just laying on the ground, you're like, hey, are you okay? Then I messed up the this show. Was a, this was a big win. I felt that. 
I did. I felt this. Well, that's the only reason I bring up Cam is because he didn't have a good shooting night. Most nights he will, and they still won the game. Listen, we all know the Phoenix Suns have been struggling, save for their last seven games, of course, six and one in those last seven games. We all know they've been struggling to look like the Phoenix Suns, and now they're starting to get healthy. And Chris Paul, of course, right in the middle of it, looking like the Phoenix Suns, so much of it has to do with CP3 going out and looking like CP3. But not only did the Suns get two games over 500, of course, by beating the Raptors, but they also knocked the Raptors six games under 500. And we all know what's going on with the Toronto Raptors. That's an interesting thought. Uh, the rats, metaphorically speaking, are starting to exit the vehicle, if you know what I mean. I didn't even think of that going into the game yesterday. If you want somebody off the Raptors, best thing you can do is beat the Raptors. <laughs> so right. they're like, we got to get some of this stuff out of here. Yes. Yes, and that's exactly one of the reasons why I say it. Now they're six games under five hundred, And, you know, the Raptors are one of the teams, to your point, Luke, that people are saying the, the Suns could work a deal with come February 9th. And you could almost hear in the background, you could almost hear Bobby Webster, the GM for the Raptors, yelling, Sell! 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 <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, look, uh, OG Ananobi, I'll take him. Fred Van Vliet, I'll take him. I know Fred Van Vliet's been shot down, but uh, but still. Yeah. He's, he's probably getting traded somewhere. I'll Hopefully take not to the Clippers. Wouldn't you just trade for him just so he doesn't go to the Clippers? I, I mean, look, I know people are going to be like, no, you can't make trades like that. Wouldn't you trade for him so he doesn't go to the Clippers and you get Fred Van Vliet? Yes. Even when his shooting game's a little bit off, he still looks pretty good to me. I know, sold. Right. I, I'm with you on that one right there. I really am. But OG wouldn't be bad either. No, I'll take and you. Know. Know. Take that guy Which, all day. Whichever one you don't want. Right now. What's wrong with his wrist? I don't know. It's it's banged up. It's bruised. He's going to be okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we're playing for keeps. Let's go. <laughs> what about, do you say, James Jones? How about Chris Paul? Uh, I actually lowered his averages, but I'm just going to keep updating these till they drop off. Okay, good. I like this. 21.6 points per game, 10.4 assists per game, 54% shooting in the five games since he's come back from the injury. Okay, you said that so quickly right now. Yeah, because okay. well, I was reading. <laughs> I know, I you know. Just It sounded really, really good, but it was really fast. So hit me with it one more That's, time. In the five games since he has come back from injury, which I believe was last Sunday. Yes. Basically 22 points a game on 54% shooting. I see. And ten and a half assists per game. Okay. Looks like Chris Paul. Again. I'll take it. Yeah, looks like Chris Paul. I'll take that as well, and I will run, no doubt about it. But it's not only that. It's also the team overall and the way that they're playing. And suddenly they're giving up points that are, are really um, – they're giving up a point total that looks like the Phoenix Suns to us mm-hmm. when we think about it. 106 points right around there, Right. We saw them just recently, of course, the last game, giving up under 100 points. We have seen this. These guys are starting to look like the Phoenix Suns. How about uh, the bench, which really struggled in the last game, uh, responding well, or really struggled, criticism last game, struggled a couple games ago. Mikel Bridges afterwards. This thing about Mont, man, he don't, he always say he don't call you out, he calls you up. And our team, we just, they're not like, we're not mentally weak, like, yeah, coach criticized you, and what are you going to do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just going to fall and just kind of feel that pressure on coach, or are you going to step up? And every single guy on his team, especially on the bench, they all work hard. So I knew they was getting another opportunity. They're not going to fail. So um, 
kudos, kudos to them guys, man. Just everybody's getting better. They getting better, and it just makes makes our team gets everybody else hyped up. Yeah, the bench the bench put up 26 in the game against San Antonio, but the game before that against Dallas, 11 points from the bench. Last night, Dario Saric and Damian Lee combined for 22 points, just the two of them. Yes, and it was two games ago, of course. They gave up less than 100 points. Yeah. It was two games they ago. They also didn't score much. Exactly game. right. They didn't. That was their one loss. But again, they're starting to look, in at least in my opinion, starting to look like the Phoenix Suns overall. And what you just heard right there, I love that. It's all about accountability. It really is. And don't 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 get hurt. Don't get hurt because somebody's going to coach you and tell you what you're doing wrong. Do something about it. That's what we want you to do. And that's what every professional athlete is paid to do. Go out and give your best. And oh, by the way, take the coaching. If it means somebody walking up to you and challenging you, don't be afraid of that. Here, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a lot of what he just said, but that that speaks volumes to me. I want to play this from Da too, real quick, because I thought Da was decent. I, I know a couple of people you know tweeted out <laughs> there. There are always videos from a game. There's one floating around out there where Da like doesn't go for the rebound, doesn't go for the block. It's just kind of standing there being tall. Yeah. But overall, I think you got to give him credit for a solid game last night. I just had to like let that go. It's just my teammates, Jock, T. Craig, especially Busy. Three, all everybody was talking to me. Just come on, DA. We know you could do that, but like, come on, like, you know, just go push through this. Keep pushing it. Put a smile on your face. I, ain't, I don't think I cracked a smile all day. I just wanted to destroy them really bad. But sorry, DA. Had to, no, you. I just had to calm down and right. relax. You know what I'm saying? I think I was just doing a little too much. Oh, don't calm down, DA. We, we like this, DA. What are, what are you doing, melancholy DA? What you tap into it? Tap into it. It's good. You you don't want to do that outside of those lines, T.A. You don't. But when you're actually out there inside those lines on the court, tap into it. Oh, it feels so good. Do it. I thought he was good. I know that there are people pointing out the specific moments in the game. He, he doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't. I thought he was good last night. And the Suns get a win, and they're 6-1 in their last seven. And, of course, that one loss is to Dallas. You, you just, you wonder if there's anything a little bit more nefarious as to why you played hard. I'm just saying oh, more on this as the show unfolds. Conspiracy Wolf has shown up. All right, we come back. If you're Sean Payton, what are you thinking right now when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals? What are you thinking when it comes to the Broncos? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 All right, this is like our group session every day to try and figure out what's going on with Sean Payton. Yeah. Still doesn't have a coaching job. We assume he could probably take any of the ones that are out there. And there's maybe even a couple that aren't out there. If he called the owner and was like, hey, I'm interested, they, they would have to think about the guy they have. It is really starting to feel, Wolf, like it's it's the Cardinals or Fox. That, and, and I don't just mean here locally. It seems to be the the prevailing thoughts nationally. So if that's the case, why can't you just go to New Orleans and be like, look, you can have nothing or you can have what we're offering you. You don't get Sean Payton coaching your team next year. Yeah. 
You know, again, um, you know me. I am the grassy knoll, and Basinonians, I know nothing of what I'm about to say, but I'm sorry. I have to tell you my opinion. And again, when you look at this stuff and you think about the Arizona Cardinals, they're interviewing Mike Kafka, I believe, today, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. They've got another one scheduled. They continue to schedule. They have three, what, three, including Kafka. I think Anna Romo's tomorrow, and then Callahan is Thursday. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that right there. Uh, Lou Anarumo, of course, and Brian Callahan, um, the uh, the defense and offensive coordinator, respectively, of course, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So they've got three more interviews lined up right now, and I thought that was a Sicilian message. This is just me, once again, <laughs> reading what has happened so far. Um, it, to, to me, I thought that was a Sicilian message to the New Orleans Saints. Okay, listen, we've made a good offer, and if you're not interested in that, um, too bad. We're going to move on because it's going to be better than what you're going to get later. Of course, who knows if that is truly the case, but that is the the posturing, if you will, of the Arizona Cardinals. It seems that way right now. Do Are they interested in Sean Payton as their next head coach? I don't think there's. Think about this: just driving around. Is there anybody you've ever talked to for seven hours that you didn't want to talk to? Right, seven hours straight that you were like, some say it was eight, possibly eight. Yes, between seven and eight hours talking to the same person. I mean, seven's bad enough. I know. Eight. Imagine we do four, Uh, and that's. Can you imagine doing back to back shows? At least we get it commercial would just breaks. Be absolutely brutal. <laughs> I'd be doing a Pantera call out in every beautiful part of the program. Be kind of awesome, actually. Just uh, he's screaming. But yeah, you know, uh, do you think that Sean Payton is interested in the Arizona Cardinals? I do believe that Sean Payton is interested in this job. I also think the Denver Broncos. I still think that job is still out there. So I'm trying to find the tweet from Woody Page, but it was basically now that D'Amico Ryans has passed on the uh, on the Broncos job. Here, I have the exact tweet from Woody Page. Um, no, I don't because the Internet has stopped working. But oh, basically he was beautiful. saying that that's their third first choice that has passed on the Broncos. D'Amico Ryans tells Broncos he is not interested. He was their third number one choice. That's from Woody Page, who obviously works in Denver. Um I don't know who he's considering the other number ones that that have passed on the Broncos, if that's Jim Harbaugh, if that's Dan Quinn, whatever. I mean, technically, Sean Payton had a a second interview scheduled with them, right? And remember, it got delayed till he talked to the Cardinals, and I don't think he's rescheduled it. Yeah. yeah, well, how did they characterize it? Did, did they, they say delayed? They said delayed. Oh, oh boy, that is delayed. And they didn't delayed. say, yeah, like that's it was like so a flight weak. to that's Ithaca or something. <laughs> that's weak sauce right there, delayed. <laughs> uh, I thought they postponed it or suspended it. I thought that was the terminology. Well, suspended sounds like you started it, and then in um, mid-sentence, he's like, I got to go. Well, yeah, okay, so maybe it was more of a Delayed postpone. or postponed, you know, yeah. It really doesn't matter, Luke. Uh, I we think it does. I think everything now. matters at this point. <laughs> Sean Payton, I, I think there's mutual interest there, and you do have to wonder, what, what does this mean? He's either going back to Fox or what? It's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. What makes you feel like it is going to be the Arizona Cardinals if it is an NFL team? It it just feels like too many people don't... Like, I don't see a scenario, and maybe it plays out like this, and I hope I don't eat my words, 
But if you got all these coaching candidates, the interview with Denver being like, eh, no thanks, Dan Quinn, I'd rather just go coach the, the be DC with Dallas. And maybe that's a bad example because maybe they told him he's going to be the head coach soon. I don't know. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, eh, no thanks, Denver. I'd rather go coach Houston, who's been miserable for years. Jim Harbaugh, who apparently is like facing sanctions if he goes back to Michigan. Yeah, I'd rather go face sanctions than coach your NFL team. <laughs> Is is that how you get Sean brutal. Payton? Well, yeah. our first three choices passed, so then Sean Payton came. I, I don't think that's the way it works. I, I honestly, right now, I think, man, the Denver Broncos and that roster that they had, that roster is Super Bowl caliber. That's what I thought I that it was. I think guys want to stay away roster. from Russell Wilson. I, that's, that's what exactly it is. exactly where I was going. was just, honestly, somebody watched tape on Russ. Somebody watched him make some throws and said, oh, I don't want to tell you this, but you just signed a guy to a massive contract that you might have some problems with in terms of his arm and where he's going and his physical skills. Now, there's a lot of people that look at the Arizona Cardinals and will say that about Kyler Murray. Yet Kyler Murray's arm strength is not going anywhere. His talent, his skills are not receding. And I have to wonder if guys are looking at it, as many analysts have speculated, when they watch Russell Wilson and contrast and compare Russell Wilson to when he was playing in Seattle, and you say, what is wrong with Russ? What's going on? His accuracy is suddenly suffering. Why is that? Well, I also think, and and I get it, there are reasons why you would if you want to make the case for the Broncos over the Cardinals, you can make some. I mean, that defense is what if they what was the stat? If they could just score 19 points a game, they would have been like 12 and one at yes. some point. Like their defense is legit. <laughs> but you can make real easy cases against Denver specifically for Sean Payton. Right. OK, so if, if I'm Sean Payton, first of all, again, am I looking at a team that three other coaches have passed on and been like, that's the one for me? I'll be the fourth choice. Uh, am I looking at a team in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and whoever the Raiders get and being like, there's an easy path to the playoffs and Super Bowl. I don't think, and I said this before, if you have a choice between an NFC team and an AFC team right now with NFC. a conference where Josh Allen can't even get to the AFC championship. Oh my goodness. I just, I think between the two, there are reasons to look at the Cardinals. And the other thing, you mentioned it kind of there with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, if you believe in your abilities like Sean Payton does as an offensive mind in the league, you look at Kyler Murray, probably different than a lot of fans do, certainly, and you say, I can fix this. I can take this guy to the next level. If you look at Russell Wilson, what's what's your upside? At best, I can get him back to being decent, but we've my team gave up all these picks for him. So yeah. we, even if you get Russell Wilson to be decent, you're still... Your hands are tied by everything you traded for him, and the absolute best is you win a Super Bowl which is very unlikely, and he's already done it with another coach anyway. Yeah, there's something about that gig, right? There's something about that job where you've got human beings saying, no, no, thank you, I appreciate that. This is a this is a storied franchise, Basinonians, is it not? The Denver Broncos. Their owner is loaded, is he not? Yeah. Their owners, I guess I should say. They're even more loaded. Um, loaded, um... This is this is a weird situation because something that should be so stable when you look at the roster as a coach, you could think all I got to do is come in. I got to get Russ in the right offense. That's all I got to do. I got to get him in the right right offense, and suddenly he's going to be Russell Wilson all over again. No, that's not the case. They're not beating down the door, and you have to wonder. To me, it's got everything to do with Russell Wilson. 
Real right? quick. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know how it could be anything else. I don't think anybody's looking at that job being like, oh, I don't want to coach in Denver. The Broncos aren't serious about winning. Like, all those things are never in question with the Broncos. I want to play the Schefter clip really quick just because the Cardinals adding a bunch of interviews this week has everybody thinking one way or the other. Either it's it's leverage negotiating with the Saints or it's like Adam Schefter saying right here. That leaves us with Indianapolis, Denver, and Arizona. Um, Arizona reached out this morning to Lou Anarumo. So that would tell you that they probably don't believe that they're going to be in a position to close on Sean Payton uh, because they wouldn't be making other calls and reaching out to other candidates at this point in time if that were the case. Now, where they wind up, I don't know. I think Brian Flores would be outstanding. I think Aaron Glenn would be outstanding. Luana Rumo would make a lot of sense. They have some guys that obviously would be pretty strong there in Arizona. So we'll get back into that later on because if that's just Adam Schefter, you know, working through it and using his logic, then I think I think he's wrong. Yeah. Now, if that's Adam Schefter saying something because somebody told him something, then that's obviously a little concerning because he's pretty connected around the league, obviously. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Has Mikel Bridges hit the next level? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Wolf, I'm going to read you a player's stat line in the last couple games. I'm not going to tell you who it is, okay? Okay. Well, I could go back a ways here. How far do I... How, let's see, I'm just going to go last two games because otherwise I'll just be reading off numbers for a right. while. But just know this has been happening since about January 10th, okay? Last night, 29 points, 63% shooting, three threes, three rebounds, six assists, a block, three steals. Defending the other team's best player pretty consistently. Yeah. Uh, game before, 25 points on 56% shooting. Hit a three, uh, rebound, four assists, a block, a steal. Again, you know, defending the other team's best player. And a lot of his defensive stats don't show up in the box score. I'm only going to read you the last two, but we could go back about 10 games. That's Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges. We spent Bad. so much time wondering who was going to make the most of the unfortunate opportunity with all these injuries? Is it going to be Damian Lee? Is it going to be Landry Shamit? It is clearly Mikel Bridges. Yes. Who has evolved into a higher level of Mikel Bridges. Yes. Um, he took over the game. Took over the game for the Phoenix Suns again. That is the lasting impression that I have of Mikel Bridges in the Suns game last night. He went off. And it was from the very beginning. He set the tone for the Suns in that first quarter. He scored 16 points in that first quarter. Three of three from beyond the arc in that first quarter. He was fire. Veritable fire, man. And it's interesting because Kellen Olson wrote about this on ArizonaSports.com. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. He was talking about, man, this is the opportunity right here for Mikael Bridges. And Mikael Bridges can actually take over and flex a little bit right here. They need him to be that guy. And he was spot on. And Mikael Bridges has responded. Now, I'm not saying he's responded to killers. No, he <laughs> saw it. He was like, that's it. <laughs> he's responded, of course, to the challenge. He's filled those shoes, and he's done it admirably. Mikel had some, I don't want to say tough games, but like tough moments during that stretch when everybody on the team was having tough moments, right? When they were losing 17 of 22. 
Oh, that stretch. Yes, that one, which hopefully we don't need to speak of again. Although I think if we're speaking of it in past tense and how it maybe shaped this team, it's worth it. It was worth losing 17 of 22 in December and early January or late November. Who cares if you got something out of it? And Mikel Bridges seems to have really for the first time in his career had to take a few rough moments where it was like, okay, we don't have anybody left to take the last shot. Mikel, it's you, and he misses it, right? And, and remember, we played the audio from that next day. He owned up on it. No, I wasn't rushed. I had the shot. I missed it. Um, and it's easy to look, and I, I, I do this a lot. I look at Mikel Bridges, and I say, you're asking him to do so much other stuff. Do you really want to ask him to be a 20-plus point-per-game guy, too? Is that reasonable? Maybe it isn't, but he seems to be able to do it now. And so... It seems to have shaped him into something even better, and he's not really sacrificing defense. Yeah. And I don't want to get like over our skis here, but if this team goes on a run and makes a run in the playoffs, this is what it would look like. Chris Paul coming back in the second half of the season and turning it on, as he has. Internal development through you know a lot of guys missing time early in the season, like Mikel Bridges has. He didn't miss any time, but he got a lot better, and other guys did too, but not like Mikel has. And then you get Devin Booker back, and here we go. Yes, and uh, that's the thing. A lot of this will change when Devin Booker gets back on the floor. We all know that. The dynamic of needing a score is going to change, I think, an awful lot. That's that's the one part about this you 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 have to look at and say this is a great situation for Mikel Bridges because he's growing he's a- absolutely developing as a player and that's great that's always good to be able to grow in your confidence and develop as a player and Mikel Bridges continues to show that a different level of achievement by Mikel Bridges but how is that going to be impacted when Devin Booker comes back? Well, but but I think everything now you can start viewing through the, the scope of the playoffs and how many times when the Suns were struggling in the playoffs, either last year against Dallas, you know, earlier in the series where they were still games and not just weirdness, or even against Milwaukee, or you know, just any games they've lost in the playoffs the last couple of years, if Devin Booker's having an off night or he starts the game, he's just not hitting his shots, yes. they kind of look around like, all right, hopefully Cam's got it. But now you have another guy. I'm not saying Mikel Bridge is going to be putting up 25 points every night, but he's definitely, he looks a lot more confident and assertive offensively. See, and that's, that's, my, that's my, the point I was going to finish right there. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if Devin Booker comes back and suddenly uh, he's not called on to score the basketball as much as he is right now? Who cares about that? Because the hay's in the barn. What's happened has happened. He has grown, and there's no denying that. His confidence has grown. Confidence is the currency of competition. How many times have you heard that on this beautiful broadcast? It's the truth. And he has grown in his confidence that, hey, listen, if in fact that does happen where Devin Booker is struggling one night, I can take, I can do this. Yeah. We got somebody else, Cam Johnson is struggling, CP3, somebody's down. I, I can do this. Hey, that is, that is gold. The hay's already in the barn for Mikhail Bridges. There's Monty Williams after the game. You're watching Mikhail in, in those moments come through. And I think the guys are, um, feeding him a lot of confidence, but he has his own confidence because he's putting the work in and he's not um, worried about the consequences of m- missing a shot. And um, Chris was really good about putting him in his spots, getting him going to his left hand, and he was coming off and doing his thing, and then 
when he didn't make the shot, you know, we had guys there to offensive rebound. And here's DeAndre Ayton. I told Book, I was like, Book, you know, it's crazy. Those, these are your plays, you know. Like, <laughs> I was like, Mikhail, this, this looks like Mikhail plays now. Like, every time we do a play on the elbow, we call him Mikhail Boat because it's Kale's shot. We know Kale's shot, so. We know we're coming to Mikael Boy every time now. So, like, you know, and Mikael's been on a, on a roll, man. So when you see us at the elbow, the Mikael Boy's coming. <laughs> Did you make that up? No, nah, it's really the team coach, all of us, like, Mikael Boy, like, we know Mikael <laughs> want that elbow. <laughs> we know he want that elbow every time. We, we went to it down the stretch two times in a row, either side. You feel me? So, like, just... See, not all that stuff was back in rhythm. It felt good. So naturally, they asked Mikel Bridgers, "Do they really call your plays the Mikel Bow?" Uh, no, it's called elbow. But I just CP usually the one, and when books here, he, they find me on it, and I just kind of I go from there. So they make fun of me because they say I shoot it every time. So I turned it to Mikel Bow. I feel like I'm open half of the time. So nah, it's just a little funny joke they got going on. Can't you just see D.A. walking over to Booker, who's not playing, and be like, hey, no, this Mikel's kind of taking your place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we don't need you, Book. Can't you just see D.A. saying that to Booker? Um, no. Uh, I can't say this, though. 12 of 19, 3 of 4 from beyond the arc. He carried the team. Mikel Bridges carried the team when they needed it. He carried it. He not only scored the ball, man, he ran the offense a lot of the time. Did mm-hmm. you see it as well? Yeah. The way he facilitated, he brought the ball up. A lot of the time, facilitated and distributed the ball, shot the three well. I mean, put the ball on the floor, took it to the rack. Mikel did it all. And this is something Kevin Ray was talking about. Mikel Bridges taking that next step. Well, I remember having Brian Windhorst on this show last year during the playoffs. And it was after the game in New Orleans, the the the, the New Orleans series where Mikel Bridges went off in one of the games. Remember, Brian Windhorst was like, if he's going to score like that, in addition to everything else he does, you have one of the best players in the NBA. And that's Brian Windhorst, who, who is not like, I'm going to say crazy things to get a reaction from people. Right. On any given night, if Mikel's going to score like he did last night, you have one of the most dangerous weapons in the league. Well, Fred Van Vliet. Put up 24 last night. Gary Trent Jr. did what he always does against the Suns and had a really good game. You know, Siakam was was solid. It wasn't like his best game of the year, but he was solid. Cam Johnson couldn't hit a shot. Devin Booker didn't play, and the Suns still won. That's what happens when Mikel Bridges does what he did last night. Good point, man. K-Ray. What did he say? Um, the Mikel Bridges takeover. That was it. That's what he said. The takeover. <laughs> It's exactly what it looked like last night. Well played, K-Ray. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register. And once you hear your name, call it it within the time frame. You could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. That's SUPER. Text that to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back... Cardinals are faced with a lot of decisions this offseason involving players as well. So would you resign Byron Murphy or Zach Allen if you can only choose one of them? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. 
Time to talk a little football that isn't coaching related, Wolf. How do you feel about that? Beautiful. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Little ball. ESPN put out their list of the top 50 free agents to look out for this offseason. And again, try to be selective with the list. This is not somebody, these are my favorite kickers of the 70s, 1 through 10. It's not that. These are actual, like, players that are going to switch teams this offseason. So this is worth uh, it's worth knowing. There are two Arizona Cardinals on the list, okay? You've got Zach Allen at number 24. Yeah. And then you've got Byron Murphy at number 38. Well, Byron Murphy. So <laughs> here it is right there. Yes. Um, Zach Allen is the guy that I, boy, when I think of the Arizona Cardinals and trying to sign their own free agents, I think of Zach Allen first. I do. Yeah. Look, the way I teased this was if you could only bring one back, which one are you going to bring back? And I think just for the discussion purposes, we can go with that. But I, I will say this as the outset. The Cardinals, I would hope, are making those two players priorities this offseason because <laughs> what does your secondary look like if you don't have Byron Murphy? I mean, we saw it because he was hurt for half of last season. Yeah. Only I don't played love in it. nine games. Yeah. I'd like, and he was actually playing really well before he got hurt. So I just think those are two guys. Those are your top two priorities. Um, they are your top two priorities this offseason, aren't they? There's nobody I'm forgetting that you've got to bring back. But if you could only bring one back, I mean, Zach Allen was was having a breakout year. I, I think I'd probably still go with Murphy just because of the position. Yeah. Well, once again, if I'm going to play your little producer game right here and pick one, because you can't have both. Can't have you both can only for the purposes pick of this one, game. Which I, you know, for the record, would love both, of course. I'd want both. And I think they could guys. They could bring both back, I don't think you? they Absolutely, yeah. I think they could. Um, their projected salary cap going into 2023 is actually $33 million. Right now, it's 14.4, which is number 11, I believe. Yeah, the 11th highest in the National Football League right now. But going forward, too, some of the projections that they're making, they could free up almost $33, $34 million. See, and that's very relevant information. I just, I've stopped looking at it ever since the Rams were over the cap and just kept adding Hall of Famers. Yes. Okay, yeah, so I get your point. There is a way around it, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, if you have the room, and you should, those are two guys that... Look, you're not going to have to break the bank for either one of them. They're just now starting to do what you hope draft picks do when you yeah, get to this point. And this is, but here's the tough spot on this because the rest of the National Football League have they have tape, they have tape as well. This is a classic case of where free agency really can bite you in the can because you got somebody like Zach Allen who is a very quality player. This is a guy that he took a huge step forward last year. When you watch the tape, you watch the tape, basin earnings from year three to year four, and you see the improvement of Zach Allen. And he's had steady improvement since he's shown up here as a rookie. But it's night and day when you watch the tape. What he was putting together last year, that was a special year for Zach Allen. It was almost like J.J. Watt, the ghost of J.J. Watt. Just totally um, mentoring him and taking over Zach Allen and Zach Allen's performance. You could almost see J.J. Watt in Zach Allen. And well, that's not a coincidence. Per- no, it makes perfect sense. It does. 
Zach Allen is the guy right now because I think the Arizona Cardinals have got to rebuild on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. This is where this this reload or this rebuild, whatever you want to say about it, this is where it's got to start on the line of scrimmage. And that's why I'll start with Zach Allen. I don't disagree with any of that, and I think that you... I know things kind of get tossed up in the air when you have a new GM and now a new assistant GM in there too, right? Because these aren't their guys that they drafted. But for as maligned as the Cardinals' front office has been for missing on draft picks just consistently over and over again, these are two guys you hit on. Yeah. And even though it's the old regime that hit on them, if I'm Monty Austin for it, I'm walking in and I'm being like, well, okay, yeah, Zach Allen, let's see. This guy has improved each year, and he's been tutored by J.J. Watt for the last few years, yes. and it's showing on the field. Yeah. We're keeping him. And then I'm looking at Byron Murphy, and I'm looking at the secondary and being like, uh, if we let him go, we're completely rebuilding our cornerback room. Um, there's other free agents, obviously, on the Cardinals this year, and, and there are some that you may very well bring back. But those are the only two where it's like, you you got to bring them back if you can. They're the only two guys on this ESPN Top 50 list. And look, anybody that watches the Cardinals didn't need this list to know those are the two guys that you got to bring back. Because they were two of the bright spots this season. Murphy, before he got hurt, and Zach Allen, really, I mean, before he got hurt, too, but he played a lot more. Um, I just, I think those are the two main guys that, that you absolutely have to have back. And if you do that, Wolf, I mean, there's there's a path where your defense, and this is kind of the path I hope they go down if they don't get Sean Payton, where you're going to have a defense that you're building around Zach Allen, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, you know, still Buddha and, and Jalen Washington or Jalen yeah. Thompson and and Byron Murphy and then maybe Will Anderson and a defensive coach. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot as well. It's not just uh Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy is is a guy that I don't think he's done developing. I don't think we've seen his ceiling. I think he's still actually getting better. 100%. Um, he was Mark, getting dramatically better this year. Marco Wilson. Uh, I like the cornerback room for the Arizona Cardinals when you talk about two, traditionally, two starters. I like that. I like their court, their cornerback room right now because I think Marco Wilson took a big step forward last year. Now, they were on him to take that that step Yeah, forward. but he did. But he did. But don't you like... It's not just do you like it more. It's how different do you feel about the cornerback room when it's like, okay, we got Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson. Or Marco Wilson has to be our shutdown corner and we have to find some other guys quickly. Yeah, it's a, it, it, Everybody yeah. slides into a better place if, if you have Byron Murphy. I tell you, I really like the idea of trying to just build, because you have the pieces, just build a stud defense, get a defensive mind in here, again, unless you can get Sean Payton. And then your offense has pieces. You don't abandon it, but it, it, you don't. You don't have to depend so much on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Last year, at least going into the season, the way it was constructed was, oh, Kyler Murray's going to be a top-five quarterback, and he wasn't. Yep. And if he wants to become that, that's awesome. Then you'll win a lot of games. <laughs> but it was. It was all on Kyler and that offense going into the season. We all knew it. The strength of, of the team from a depth chart perspective, from a roster perspective, was their offense. Undeniable. Undeniable. That was going to be the strength of their team. They were going to win games, Basinonians, based on how Kyler Murray and the offense played. There was no doubt about that. 
The defense, you just wanted to see improvement. And I thought the defense did improve from week one, where Kansas City was an absolute mess, of course, where I thought they got better incrementally every year. We talked an awful lot about that, or every week, I should say. They got better incrementally. Um, Guys improved. I thought Zayvon Collins got better. He's got to continue to get better. Isaiah Simmons has got to get way more consistent. But they've got some talent where I'd love to see what a what a guy coming in here would do with some of that talent. And I think you've got to have that talent on your roster. And I like the idea of paying Byron Murphy and Zach Allen both. Making them priorities. If you don't pay them, you're going to have to take that money and go out and try to find somebody on the defensive line and try to find a corner like Zach Allen and Byron Murphy that yeah. you don't, you're not as familiar with. And I, I get it, Monty Austin Fort's not as familiar because he wasn't here. But these guys, are, I mean, not only are those guys good, they're good playing next to the guys that are still already going to be here for the Cardinals. Here is Monty Austin Fort two weeks ago. Boy, this feels like years ago. When he was introduced, remember that? That was only two weeks ago, talking about the unrestricted free agents the Cardinals have. In, in regards to your question about the number of unrestricted free agency, that's absolutely a, a, a process that we have to get going. Uh, I've, I've started my process of evaluating the roster. I need to do more, and that's something that is, is a priority for me. And we will continue to do that. And I think between unrestricted free agency and the draft and trades and roster cutdown, there are numerous ways for us to build this roster, and we are going to investigate every single possible one of those, with unrestricted free agency being one of those. Yeah, and you just get ready, too, because the Arizona Cardinals are going to have to overpay for Zach Allen. They're going to have to overpay for Byron Murphy. These guys are right in the middle of their prime right now, and they put together two very good seasons. Free agency, this is the way that it works. This is how it works. You're going to overpay for those two guys. You just have to accept that. Now, are you ready to do that? Where are you, Monty Austin, for in terms of evaluating the roster and saying, yeah, we're we're ready to take that next step, or are you just going to tear it all down? I See, I, I would rather, if I have to overpay, I'd rather overpay for my own guys that I already know. I've yes. seen the development. I totally agree. I don't want to see Zach Allen winning a Super Bowl with the Eagles in three years. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we've, we've gone through that once. We don't need to do it again, or at least getting to the Super Bowl. When we come back, what is, get it in your head. You're going to do it. What does Jay Williams think about the recent play of the Suns, and who does he think the Cardinals will hire as their next head coach? We're going to ask the co-host of Keyshawn J. Will and Max next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.